Welcome back. This is the soft count. I wanted to start with the Deshaun Watson story. I've been following it pretty close since uh, before he even got traded to the Browns. I've been keeping an eye on him and the story. And today was the first time I've got to really read an in-depth story with really pretty decent accounts from the women's point of view. And the number, you know, for a while, the public's been told there's 23 women. 23 women had a bad time. And uh, we didn't really know what, in, in the mix of all of this, like what actually happened from the women's point of view. And now I've read what they have said he did, which is pretty fucking crazy. And then on top of that, we find out that there's actually like more like 66 women and only 23 of them are a part of this civil lawsuit. <laughs> a couple of them have come out and said that they're part of a civil lawsuit. Or they, they, they don't want to be a part of it, but he still did crazy shit to them. He eventually... <laughs> I'm you know Some of you may or may not like me for what I'm about to say, but the Texans, the Houston Texans football organization and ownership is fucking weird. They had people giving him, like, NDAs for the women to sign and shit in the organization. Now, it's, like, universally known that that organization, above all others, is fucking different. And a lot of that is, is, like, they have, like, a team. It's, like, a bunch of religious undertones on that team. I don't know how it all works. There's, like, a pastor guy that's, like, really high up with no football acumen at all. He's just, like, a religious guy. And then they're given Deshaun Watson NDAs and 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 they're and for these women to sign, it's like it is really bad. Here initially, it like doesn't matter if he's guilty or not guilty to the NFL. That's like not what this is about. What it is to the NFL is what kind of negative attention. It's all about the player personnel conduct policy or whatever. And to them, it like it's irrelevant if he's guilty or not. For sixty-six, you're guilty of something. Everybody, include. I mean, there's sixty-six women. This is not. You did something wrong somewhere along the line. To me, you can never let this guy play in the NFL again. Like from the story, and this is over a seventeen-month period, and that's all we're talking about, by the way. So all these women are within a seventeen-month period when he was with the Texans. And there's 66 of these women. Now there's 24 that are a part of the civil lawsuit. And all of them have a very similar account of things that he's done. And a couple of them have some, like, fucking wild accounts. And so, and this is reported by the Times. Initially, people thought, okay, let's give him eight games. And I was the one saying, he's not going to play this year. They can't let him play this year. I'm telling you now, he'll never play again in the NFL, regardless of what happens in court. It doesn't matter. His career is over. He'll never play. Ray Rice punched his wife in the face and never played again. His wife. Like, they were fucking married. That woman came out and just said, like, you know, she's like supported him. <laughs> they wanted his career back. He never got it. That was one woman who he's married to, and he didn't sexually assault, he punched her. And he never saw the field again. Well, that's not true. 
they gave him a that's not true actually but it pretty much ended his career he did see the field again after that actually but he uh it was over i'll tell you this deshaun watson if if half of these women are telling the truth that's still 30 women that were like that he's like a he's a fucking predator i'm sorry like seeking out women that that um you don't get you don't care and this was in the deposition this is his words he didn't care about their level of training he didn't care that's not what he was looking for they're like you so you're not looking for that and he says no i was just looking for that's not what was important to me at the time like that's all i kept saying and it's like well what the fuck was like you're seeking out as a football player, you just have access to like really great care, especially at your facility and the kind of money you have to get doctors and have, I mean, Shannon Sharp talks about it all the time. He's had the same massage, uh, massage therapist since 99 till to, to this day. And he's a fit dude. He's all jacked, you know? And it's like, you're weren't, you weren't looking for that. These women aren't lying. <laughs> and, uh, like I said, if they're, if they're, if half of them are telling the truth, that's still 30 fucking women in 17 months. And the dude's in his 20s. Imagine the fucking havoc this man has has created throughout his life. Dabo Sweeney called him Michael Jordan and loves him more than anything. And Dabo's like, you know, the southern religious coach. And, I mean, what does he have to say? I can't believe it. And, it, it, you know, in your mind, you can make it all add up. You're like, oh, he's such this soft-spoken guy. It's like, yeah, that's part of it, right? Like, it's all part of it. It's part of his little game. The one girl says, and this is the one that got me and freaked me out. He had rolled over rock hard. <laughs> and she said... His demeanor changed, the look on his face changed, and the sound of his voice changed. And he started telling her to do stuff, and she said no, and he grabs her hand, allegedly, and makes her do stuff. Now, that, the, the idea that his voice would change and his, his like physical appearance and look on his face would change, that shit is fucking terrifying. That shit scares me. Like, oof, God. He's not who he is, you know? That's the shit you get in your mind. The other, I mean, I've read a, a couple of the women said that he just, like, forced them, them on to him, but they didn't know how to say no, so they just went with it, and he ended up having sex with them. So it's, it's a really... The story goes on and on and on. I mean, there's 66 women and 23 civil laws 24 civil lawsuits and out of the 66 some of them have come forward with their stories they're just not a part of the lawsuit why because they signed a fucking NDA and so they're telling their story anonymously they could be sued probably by him now if they were to really come out i don't know it's crazy it's i uh i feel i feel for pretty much everybody involved except for him fuck him if this is i have a hard time believing that it's not Initially, I thought you could find 20 women to go up against some famous dude and bring him down. Like, there's some room for error there. 
now there's 66 in the in the documentation. It's like, nope. I'm sorry, dude. In 17 months, 66 women. I just don't believe. I don't believe that you can find 66 women that would all just fucking lie that have records of being with you. It's <clears throat> insane. The dude should. The dude will never play in the NFL again. The Browns. They should probably tell Jimmy Haslam to take a fucking hike and replace him, and the whole Haslam family. And and I don't know what you do with Deshaun. I guess he gets paid. I don't know what the language is in his contract. I guess he just makes out with $200 million and whatever. But that's fucking insane to me. They say, listen, let me put it, let me put it in perspective for you. Josh Gordon got busted smoking weed a couple times. Failed his weed drug test, which is legal now. The dude was suspended for just years. He's played a couple games here in the last couple of seasons as like an old dude. His career's washed. I mean, he's done. But for years, I mean, five, six seasons straight, like they just wouldn't let him play because he failed THC drug tests. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't care if they if they just never played. If they were just like, sorry, you're uh, exiled from the NFL. They have the right. What the fuck do they care? Are you telling me? That it would be in their better interest to let this dude... How about Colin Kaepernick? I'm sure a bunch of you listening to me right now are like, I hate that motherfucker. And it's like, you know what? He he barely did... He did no one wrong, first of all. He did not a fucking person wrong. And he was just exiled. Sorry, blackballed, you're out. This dude assaulted 66 women, allegedly. And you're like, well, maybe a season. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> the fuck I don't want to hear about a season I want to, I, I don't ever want to see this dude play again I'm over it game threes tonight the NBA it has taken way too long for the next game to start I can't believe I can't believe the NBA is doing this any kind of momentum a team gets in the previous game is gone there's no you can't keep any continuity. There's too much time. I don't ever remember it taking this long in between games. Our last game was... I don't even remember. Today's fucking Wednesday, though. You'd think the, the next game would have been on would have been last night. I kind of feel like they're trying to like move these games around the hockey playoffs. I, I don't know. And they're saying the ratings are down. I heard Colin say it's because kids got out of school. Colin, kids don't watch the NBA anyway. They don't affect the ratings. Colin Cowherd brought up that all the kids are getting out of school and going on vacation, and so NBA Finals ratings are down. That's not true. I was a teacher. I was a high school English teacher, and not a single one of my students, I taught ninth through 12th grade, even the 18-year-old 12th graders, and I taught in an all-black high school. Not a fucking one of those kids watched a game on TV. None of them. They didn't watch the NFL. They didn't watch NBA. They didn't watch any of it. They watched highlights on YouTube, and that was it. That was the era. And this was only a couple years ago. Now it's even more extreme. Kids watch their highlights on TikTok, not YouTube. But, I mean, I remember students coming up to me like, I remember when Lonzo Ball was coming out, and he was going there like, man, did you see how many threes he made last night? 
And I'm like, no, I don't watch one. I don't watch college basketball. And they're like, oh, me neither. But just check this out. And they show me a clip. And I'm like, this is how they that's how they consume their sports. So them being out of school doesn't affect ratings at all because they don't watch TV. They don't watch sports like we do. They watch it in a different way. And they'll get a little bit older. They'll, they'll get into their late 20s, and they'll start watching sports in a new way, like how we watch it now. They just get older and more boring. People just get more boring as they get older, and they are more comfortable just sitting there watching sports. But in high school and shit, your attention span is, isn't that good yet. It's not, it's not developed, and so you, you need these constant stimulants, you know, and, and in a short video like that that's kind of how it gets done anyway i think the ratings are down and the, and the finals are down because boston sucks it's boring there is no storyline at all jason tatum it's funny he was on the podium today maybe last night but they were showing it today he was talking about like i never said i was a superstar and i i think it's funny over the last year it's like no no one's saying that now dude you're not I've never heard of a superstar a superstar getting 10 points in a finals game or 13, whatever you got, like 12 points, I think, something. And so for the rest of your career, I'll just never th- you'll never be a superstar. It, you're not. No superstar in the history of the game got 10 points in the finals. Nobody that we've ever considered on the Mount Rushmore of greats of all time got 10 points in a finals game. I just don't care. You don't make the list. And so for me, there's no nothing intriguing about the Boston Celtics. If they win, I still don't care. The only intriguing fact is, can Steph bury this team with his greatness? That's the only intriguing storyline in this whole thing. Now there's a new little, a little bit of a wrinkle in the storyline where it's like, is Clay going to show up and reclaim his Splash Brother title? Or... Is he not going to show up and Steph just buries these motherfuckers anyway? Like, that's all we're watching. I don't care what the Celtics do. I've already made up my decision about what all those players are on that team. There was a small question for me about what was Jason Tatum going into the finals, and then he had 10 points in the first game, and I thought, I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter what he is. He'll never be great. I can point to that game. Boom, there it is. Show me Michael's game like that. He doesn't have any. I can point to like several for Jason Tatum's, but this is the finals. And so far, he has been absolutely terrible. In game two, he had some points, but he was still minus 37. He was the worst player on the court. I don't, you know. Everybody that hates on LeBron James and shit, the dude averaged a triple-double in the finals. He doesn't give a, like, I don't, he doesn't do that. He doesn't go out there and suck. When he sucks, he gets 20. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah, the, the, the Celtics just haven't been a very interesting storyline. My decision's made up about them. The only interesting storylines are really in Steph and Clay. Is Steph going to rise up and just fucking end this, end this finals and get his MVP? And will Clay find himself again? And honestly, I like don't really even care about that part of the storyline. I kind of just think Clay is what he is now. He's not he can't take the ball in ISO anymore. He's just got to be a catch and shoot guy, which is great. Now make him. Draymond Green he's terrible. 
I like watching him though. I like what the only thing I like about him is like the off the out of game stuff. Like a whistle goes off and he's on the ground shoving people and starting shit, yelling you're not like that. It's like motherfucker, neither are you. <laughs> you're not from fucking you're from Michigan. And it and not Detroit. I, I whatever. I don't care. He, but ultimately the most entertaining shit in the game is when he's starting shit. So I, I'm all about that. I actually really like him. I like watching him. I just don't like the amount of praise as like a Hall of Fame all-time great that he's been getting in the last three months. It's driving me insane. I like him for what he is. I like that he talks shit. He's really entertaining. At the very least, he's an entertaining player. But I would just never even consider him for the Hall of Fame. He wouldn't even be considered. If you let him in, I would imagine you would just have to let every single warrior that has a, like that has won a championship that's kind of been there. They've got a couple guys that have all just like been there in the background. Like you're just going to let everybody in cuz their stats are similar. His stats are trash. Uh you know, Meta World Peace was every bit as gangster and hard and crazy. That's my that's like my guy that I like that's that's similar to that kind of style of player. Although Meta could get it. He could stroke it a little bit. Could score. So, yeah, we'll see. The game three's tonight. Um, I guess we should do some best bets, huh? Let's hit it. Best bets. All right. First things first. Let's take Jalen Brown's points. His over under is twenty three and a half. I'll take the under at minus one oh seven. That's actually a, I think pretty likely. Steph Curry is always the crazy one. His over-under is always really high. It's 28.5 points. If you take the over, that's minus 122. The under is minus 122. I think it'll get you 30. Give me the over. The really interesting one for the over-under in points is Klay Thompson. It's been going down and down and down. Now it's at 18.5 points. I'll take the under at minus 110. The over is actually even more likely at minus 136. The question is, is he going to break out of that shell today? Hmm. Let's say he does it. Let's take the over. I changed my mind. Minus 136 over Clay Thompson, 18 and a half points. Al Horford, 11 and a half points. I'll take the under at minus 130. Draymond Green, eight and a half points. I'll take the under at minus 130. And if you were to make a nice little uh, bet builder parlay here, you could combine some of these. That's what I like to do. I like to combine three or four player pops and get a nice plus 400 and lay 100 on it. And that's the best way to do it. But those are my points I like a lot. Sorry, you might hear my mouse here. I'm kind of clicking through. Marcus Smart, his over-under is 13.5 points. I'll take the under on that all day. His turnovers for one for two turnovers – one and a half turnovers, the over. I'll take the over at minus 100. Marcus Smart likes turning the ball over. So those are my best bets. Oh, Golden State's plus 130. Give me give me Golden State on the money line tonight. I'll take that all day long. I think I think Golden State's going to beat their fucking ass tonight. Like I said, they're Golden State by five. I've been saying it. They're going to win this series. The last game is m- what Boston really is. The first game was an anomaly. The, the first game they played, 
uh, Al Horford gave you 30. He He's not doing that again. So anyway, those are our uh, best bets best tonight. Bets. The Rangers are finally starting to fall apart on me. I've been watching the hockey. Ugh, it sucks. I want them to win so bad. <laughs> they're kind of like the the uh, team of destiny in my mind. It's like, oh, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. And they just ran into the lightning. And, you know, they're the champs. Hard to get that done. Been playing a lot of Diablo Immortal, or as some people call it, Immoral. Kind of got a pay-to-win structure. You can buy all the shit. You know, it's kind of a mobile PC game. If you ever played any of the Diablo games in the 90s and early 2000s, fucking sweet franchise. Real fun, kind of top-down slashing video game. Uh, it's had me addicted for a couple of days now. Anyway, still working on the pod. Love it. I saw Teixeira and Porshaka uh, with a face-off. We're going to do a pod tomorrow and Friday that will really focus on UFC 275 and Singapore. Can't wait to really dive into that. We've talked a little bit about it, but we'll really kind of jump in and talk some big fights. Not to mention we have a possible light heavyweight challenger, a belt changing. Back in the day when I was a kid, the light heavyweight division was the UFC's bread and butter. That was the big shit. Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, just everybody. Rampage Jackson, that was their big money-making division. The 205 light heavyweight division was just the loaded shit. And when you watch in today's fights, they do typically put on the best fights because they've got a shit ton of power and they still have a shit ton of speed and they're massive. A dude that's 6 foot 205 or 6, you know, 62, 63, 205 is about as dangerous as you can ask for without having like health problems. You look at Brock Lesnar, he was probably what 65, 66, 265. He was always at the limit. But look what happened to him. It's like his body just kind of like gave up on him. Frank Mir got heavy and over overweight, and he just body just gave up on him. He's really big. Like Francis one day, his body's just going to give up on him. He's too big. But these light heavyweight dudes, I feel like, are the, are, are the primetime MMA fighters. These are the biggest dudes you have. Now, right now in UFC, the most popular division is the lightweight division. right? You got Charles Oliveira, all those guys in that, that division, the McGregors, the Chandlers, all those guys are in the same weight division at 155, which is fun, and I love it. Those dudes are little. <laughs> they are, you know, the, it's just like boxing. When the heavyweights are loved by the crowd, the sport takes off. It's, it's when it's a heyday. Brock Lesnar brought in big money. Big money. Francis doesn't. Why? Because he's just not loved by the people even though he's a big giant like fucking freak he uh and and that does sell sometimes right that sells being like fucking huge but he's just not that likable he's kind of a cringy dude and i feel like he takes bad advice from people anyway he he is i like him <laughs> i just think that the the general public doesn't like him and so the heavyweight division's down. 
I don't even think people were going to like Cyril Gaon. The, the, the UFC wanted Cyril Gaon to win that belt so that they could kind of have a fighter that wants to be in the UFC a little bit more and has would be easier for them to work with. However, I'll say this. I'm not sure the crowd would have loved Cyril Gaon either. The crowd loves Derek Lewis. That's who the crowd loves. If Derek Lewis became the champion, he would all of a sudden become a huge moneymaker for the UFC. He already is. He's kind of like a Nate, uh, Nick Diaz, Nate, Nick and Nate Diaz, where it's like they bring in money and they don't really have to win anymore. Derek Lewis sells tickets no matter what. It's just if he were the champion and was dominating, it would be, it would be huge. So when you look at the light heavyweight division, this Jiri guy. I think people really like him. The crowd looks at it and they're like intrigued by him. Like, wow, he's white and giant and fast and has weird hair and he's white. <laughs> you know, people love that. But I think it's funny. He uh, he's not. I don't know what is he Polish. I don't know where the fuck he's from. But he's like this outdoorsy kind of survivalist. He's got weird training techniques. When you hear him speak, he's got. He's definitely out there. He's like a fucking space case, in my opinion. He's all into, like, fucking warrior mentality, fucking jumping in cold lakes and shit, you know? I don't know. He just seems like a different dude. People love that. They think he's wild. And uh, he'll probably win. I, I did, Glover, when they faced off, I mean, Glover's every bit is big. I mean, Glover could easily take him down and just kind of control him in the ground. But the problem is, is Jiri's really fast. And really big and young. It's going to be tough for Glover to get that done. We'll talk more about that this week. Just wanted to check in, give you some best bets tonight. Enjoy the game. I'm taking Golden State in five, so they obviously have to win their way out if they lose a game. I don't think they're going to lose a game. The game that's most likely to lose is the next game, where it's the second game in Boston. They like to give up that second game on the road. They like to win at home. They like to win the championship back at home. And so it might go game. It might go to six, which would suck because I'm betting on five. But I was hoping that they would win their first two games at home, drop the drop one on the road, and then come back and win the title. Except they dropped one at home, and now they got to win out for five. So that does complicate things. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. I'll talk to y'all later. Have a good one. <laughs>